Welcome to this edition of In the Author's Voice. I'm Jeff Williams. Today, a new psychological thriller hits the bookstands from author Kate Hollihan. Her Three Lives tells the story of a family that must discover who the real enemy is after a violent home invasion breaks their trust in one another. I recently talked with Hollihan about her new novel. Is it wrong for me to be a little bit disturbed by, by, by this story? Um, on a number of different levels. Uh, tell us about Jade Thompson. She's a protagonist in the story. She's uh, a young and up-and-coming um, social media uh, influencer. She has a, a new husband or fiancé um, that, that is older, has his own family, and their worlds kind of collide in a multiple of ways. Kind of set the stage for us. Sure. And thanks so much for having me on. Um, so the story of Her Three Lives centers around uh, Jay Thompson, uh, who is a uh, she's a designer and has a blog on uh, Caribbean-inspired home design, which has, has taken off, and that's how she supports herself. And she uh, met uh, Greg uh, Hamlin, who is a 52-year-old successful architect, um, they get engaged, they're expecting a baby, and this second act uh, for Greg is interrupted by a home invasion in which he's hit over the head with a crowbar and suffers a traumatic brain injury. And so and to protect himself, Greg uh, plasters their new home with all of these cameras that we have, these uh, Nest cams and Ring doorbell cams, all these smart uh, web-connected devices. And he's obsessively watching the feeds because he has some PTSD and he's just been um, the victim of this brutal attack. And as he's watching these videos, he starts to first inadvertently spy on his wife and then more, or his wife-to-be, and then more deliberately spy on his fiance. And he begins to wonder whether she had anything to do with the home invasion that nearly cost him his life. Um, and he has a, an ex-wife and adult children from his prior marriage, and they have their own opinions on this. Um, so that's really where the tension in the story comes from. In this, in this day and age, it's, in, in, it's easy to, with <laughs> monitoring everything 24-7, it seems like that in his, uh, whether it's insecurity or, or paranoia or sense to just to control everything, the the level of in, uh, invasion just seemed a little creepy. Well, good. It's a it's a suspense book, so I I I aim to I aim to please in that manner. Um, I think that I think it's something we're all struggling with, right? Is um, that we want to have a public life, a private life, and kind of an internal life, secret life, if you will. And how do we? Um, how do we define that and set those boundaries as technology makes it um, very easy to blur them? You know, we all have Jade's a social media influencer. She has a blog. She's writing about design, but she's also writing about her own aesthetic and bringing in her own life to it, as so many people do as we on social media. And so, you know, has some of um, her sharing led to inadvertently led to this attack, or is there something more sinister going on? Um, when it comes to the the cameras and everything in the home, you know how much monitoring is just is healthy, just to you know make sure everything's going okay, and how much is uh is being obsessive and attached to screens in a way that is uh is psychologically damaging, and so I think we're all trying to navigate these, and then and that's why I thought it was a um, 
kind of ripe for exploration in the thriller. Not to give anything away, but the, the this um, level of, I don't know, paranoia, in, invasion, it, it creates some rifts that causes some issues. Yes. Um, you know, the character of Greg is a guy who has achieved some success. He has been married before, raised his children to adulthood. And so he's used to having a certain amount of control and status and ability to um, to shape his world and the circumstances in it. And so being stuck in his house, um, suffering this brain injury kind of, you know, is, is a real loss of power. And then also being reliant on someone who he probably thought he was the elder statesman and now you're relying on your younger fiancé to kind of help you out and do things is it's, it's emasculating. It's kind of humiliating for him. And so that um, that complicates all of the PTSD and the fears that he has and kind of, um, you know, makes him make some bad decisions. It seems like also that, that Jade has some of her own demons, so to speak, to face. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think Jade has, um, has some things in her childhood that she would rather not expose. She would rather kind of keep that, that buried. And I, and some of it is, uh, her desire not to kind of play into any stereotypes that, uh, Greg's, uh, adult children might have of her as, you know, the younger, the younger new wife, uh, she comes from a different culture. She is Jamaican American, and uh, and Greg is um, is Caucasian American um, of European descent. So she's concerned that they have an image of her as someone who you know might be a gold digger or might only really want him for other reasons than love. And I think that that plays into um, what she's willing to reveal about herself. Yeah, you know, setting always seems is always in many in many novels uh, uh, almost a, a, another character in in the book. This is kind of a suburban a suburban setting. Um, could this story have happened in a, in rural America? You know, I I wanted a setting that I, I it's in the suburbs of New York City. It's in uh, takes place in well, I guess Greenwich, Connecticut, and Rye, New York. So mm-hmm. Greenwich, Connecticut is a large city, but the I wanted um, this juxtaposition of a lot of wealth in these areas, but then within like a 15-minute drive, you can kind of be in some of the the boroughs of New York of Manhattan, where it's it's not as affluent. Um, in fact, where it's 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 considerably more working class, and there's also housing projects. And so, I wanted the confluence of these two worlds, and I think that um, yeah, obviously there's there's wealth disparity in many many places, but I, I thought this. Um, you know, suburban and urban juxtaposition in this um, and the juxtaposition of two different financial classes is something that, you know, is is particularly, I think, um, present um, in the Northeast where you can go over one town and it's, you know, the difference between multi-million dollar mansions and uh, and then people that are might need some assistance. And so I wanted that uh, that tension there. There were a couple of um, left turns, for lack of a better way to describe it, in in, in, in the story. Again, not to give anything away, but you know, um, what do you think that what does Greg have to overcome, or what is the biggest thing that he overcomes in the course of the story? Yeah. Well, I think his character really has to examine, um, as he was chasing his success, maybe what fell by the wayside, you know, and. 
kind of critically look at that. And I think he also has to decide kind of um, how much control can he really exert over his life and how much trying to get people to do what he wants or act in the way he wants is um, is damaging and, and, and not only to the people that he's kind of trying to impose his will on, but also to himself. In the course of, of, of any relationship, isn't there a point in time where there there is a certain amount of of faith that is there, regardless of the situation. Yes, I think so. I, I do think that um, an, an act of extreme violence kind of puts people on their heels enough where sometimes that trust is hard to. It's hard to trust. It's hard to. <laughs> it's hard to reestablish it because one of the things with a with that kind of violence is even the way your brain works is we, we kind of come to expect that we can open the door for a delivery man and that no one's going to rush into the house or that we can walk down the street and nobody's going to rob us, right? These are like kind of the assumptions that we have that allow us to go through our daily lives. And I think that once one of those is violated, it kind of makes you, you wonder what other assumptions you have that might not hold true. And I think the brain is interesting that way in that you can break one thing and it, it kind of causes this this paranoia and this anxiety throughout other parts of your life that may be unrelated to the um, to the actual incident. Mm-hmm. I always find it interesting to ask authors that, that that write in this particular genre. Do you know where your characters are going, or do, the, do your characters help write the story? Yeah, well, I guess I'm a little like Greg, and I definitely try to plan and control everything. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't, you know, they as I'm writing things change. And then I'll go back and I'll replot and go, well, hey, you know, this, I thought that it was going to go here, but it's actually moving. But I, I do try to always plot first. And then as I'm, you know, it comes out of, I guess, a union of character and plot. I have an idea of a person with a certain backstory in a particular situation. And then I try to say, well, okay, well, then what would happen there? And I plot it out. And then as I'm writing, the characters develop and, and sometimes they are they're not going where I think they would, and then I go back and I replot, and then I go back to the book. So it's this kind of constant back and forth. Yeah, I think there is a certain amount of, of frailty in the human character to begin with. Yes, and especially in these in these kind of books, because uh, you know, if if everybody really had their their stuff together, then presumably they uh, they wouldn't find themselves in the middle of a murder mystery. So. <laughs> That's true. So, Kate, what is it that um, creatively that that inspires you in, in your in your writing? Yeah, uh, well, you know, I think that uh, for a lot of my books, they come out of uh, questions that I have and my own anxieties. And it's funny, I might we have a lot of these Nest cameras and stuff from when my kids were young because we wanted to monitor them. And you know, if someone wakes up in the middle of the night, you know, and needs their parent, you can go run over. But we kind of left them in the house because hey, you know, they have intercoms and you can talk to people in different rooms and be lazy. And um, as, after a while, I started to realize I was kind of spying on my kids. You know, like they would they'd get into an argument and I would say, do I need to go to the tape? I can see who hit who first, you know. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, that's probably damaging. I mean, it's convenient, but it might be damaging. And so I think that that was one of the things that I started to think, well, hey, if, if I'm stepping over the line, right, then um, you know, what, what would happen if a character was put in a position where they're, they're incentivized to step over the line a lot because they've just been uh, the victim of violence? And how would they 
use or misuse this technology. Yeah, it was interesting. I was going to ask you: Is do you think that the that the that the level of technology and connectivity and accessibility that we have today may inadvertently force someone to not force someone, but allow someone to step over that line? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, it's a double-edged sword. All of the convenience that we have, and I, I like. I love social media for being able to uh, keep in touch with people. There are friends that definitely, you know, they've moved away and probably would have gone by the wayside if it wasn't for the ability to um, kind of have little chats and share pictures and and uh, keep up with each other in that way. So I love it for that. But then, the, you know, we are putting a lot more information about ourselves out there for public consumption. And how can that be misused? I think also this the technology, you know, for example, I my I have the Find My iPhone app, and it's very convenient because mm-hmm. I misplace my phone all the time, and I'm constantly asking my husband, can you, like, set off the alarm so I can go chase my phone down in the house? And, you know, once I'm, I were at a bar and he couldn't find me, and he set off my Find My iPhone alert, right, to try and get – and, I mean, he, it was an innocent thing, but I thought to myself, oh, geez, that's kind of creepy, isn't it? <laughs> that no matter where I go, my husband can kind of, like, track my location, uh, <laughs> you know. We, we, we but, to... I, he, you know, he, he didn't mean anything by it. He was, he was just, he was supposed to find me. It was just... <laughs> we, we, we used to do that with our kids before they moved out of the house, so I, <laughs> we tracked yes. them by their phones. <laughs> <laughs> right, and just think of it. I mean, there's a certain ma- amount of growing up, right, which we, which... Not that you want, the kids are trying to be sneaky, but where they mm-hmm. they feel like they have a little freedom with their parents not knowing exactly where they are every second of the day and exactly what they're doing. You know, they have a little bit of autonomy. And, um, you know, technology may, has made it where, like, I don't necessarily have to grant my kids that autonomy until they leave the house. And, you know, maybe that's not so good. <laughs> <laughs> so again, what, what, what's next on the horizon? Well, I have a book of that, an audible book that's coming out with um, some great authors, uh, Vanessa Lilly, Kimberly Bell, and Lane Fargo. It's called uh, Young Rich Widows, and it's set in the 1980s, and it's this great, um, like, uh, kind of a mob, bring legal thriller. It was it was so much fun, and we each write a character as as, a, um, as they go through this uh, this murder mystery and. Um, yeah, it's exciting and it's fun. And then I have another book coming out with Grand Central Publishing um, that uh, does not have a title yet, but um, it kind of delves into some of the the things that have come up with this pandemic, like uh, mm-hmm. not being able to evict anyone and also restaurants closing. And um, I have a, a family that takes on a renter and then uh, starts to think that maybe this person has something to do with the murder of a good friend and... Uh, they cannot. They are stuck in the house together. That living situation cannot be changed because of the pandemic. So um, that was fun. That's author Kate Hollihan. Her new novel is Her Three Lives from Grand Central Publishing. For this edition of In the Author's Voice, I'm Jeff Williams.